Welcome to The Dwelling Place, where three friends talk about approachable home design and our never-ending search for the perfect rug. So whether you're doing laundry or the dishes, join us in a conversation about making our home a beautiful dwelling place. In today's episode, we're sharing five tips for keeping your home from looking like a toy store after a tornado. We'll check in on our domestic dare, and Kimmy shares something she's loving lately. So I have a two-part high and low. The first little high is I got my necklace fixed. Yeah, I saw that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just took it to our local jeweler, and they had it done the same day, and I was so happy to put it back on. (laughs) (laughs) And my other high is, I don't know if you guys remember in my guest rooms upstairs, but I had, like, old-fashioned glass globes that had, like, flower designs etched in them they had like ribbing towards the bottom you don't remember i do not remember this oh my word well they've been driving me crazy and we've come into a season of a lot of company and stuff so of course when you have company that is when you change hashtag all the things (laughs) so i went to home depot and i just got simple new globes so i'm showing them a picture of what they used to look like before oh Oh. yeah see Uh uh-huh terrible and these were flush mounted to the ceiling or yeah, hanging like down this. a little bit? Oh. Yeah, flush mounted. Flush mount okay. globes. And so I just got a simple glass nice. round circular globe. And now that's what it looks like in the ceiling. Oh, there you go. They were seven fifty a piece. $25. And was the brass already like that? Yeah. Wow. The other two rooms have chrome, which I don't have a picture of. But spray paint. I am going to take black paint. Oh, and just paint the rim. Yeah. And my mom already has that. So for 25 bucks, I have all new light fixtures for very minimal work. Yeah. Ooh. That's awesome. That's sparking some new ideas for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need anything fancy. And right. we have an old house that has lath and plaster in the ceiling and the walls. And it's a pain in the butt to change yeah. like light fixtures and outlets because it's a whole process. So this is just untwist and twist on the new one mm-hmm. and it looks a lot better. My low is I've been doing so much yard work, my elbow has been killing me. (laughs) Like, I actually Googled it, and they're like, yeah, repetitive motion Mm -hmm. can do it. And it's to the point where, like, I pick up a mug out of a cabinet, and it's just like, zing. And it's, like, really annoying me. So that's my low. But I've been dealing with it for, like, a few weeks because I've been doing so much raking. And I just wanted to feel better. Ouch. (laughs) Did you guys ever have that with... When you first had a newborn, because they call it like I had mother's that with wrist. My wrist. It's mother's yeah. wrist because mm-hmm. it's the repetitive motion. Mm-hmm. I have that mm-hmm. with my elbow from raking. I feel like there's a name for it with the elbow. Tennis elbow. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it. But you have yard work elbow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my husband always complained, like getting back into golf season, that his elbow um. would always bother him. But I just I didn't know like the pain he was referring to. I'm like, oh, your elbow hurts. But now I'm like, oh man, I'm so sorry. This is awful. <laughs> Kimmy, what is your high and low? All right, so I have two highs. One is a big one. (laughs) To follow up from last week, we found out the gender, and it's a girl! Yay! (laughs) And I'm, like, beside myself. I still feel like it's not real. And I don't know. Like, the other day, I was at this mom's group, and somebody said, oh, they have a bunch of free little girl clothes over there. And I was like, I didn't even think about it at first. I was like, oh. And then somebody was like, you're having a girl, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, I can go look. (laughs) It was just very exciting. So now I'm all in the throes of nursery design and thinking about 
nursery colors and all these kind of things. So we're going to take Jude's nursery. He's going to move down the hall to another room and we're going to take the nursery and change it all up for the girl. So now I'm just like really trying to think of what I want to do. And I really, really, really want to do like a traditional slash vintage like floral wallpaper, but like Mm. maybe small flowers. I don't know yet. I found one that I really love on, um, of course, Lula and Georgia, which oh, is yes. so expensive. <laughs> it's like almost $200 for like one sheet. Oh, boy. <laughs> so that's not happening. But I've been looking at other places and I haven't really, I found one that I kind of like. But so my colors, I'm trying, I'm thinking I definitely want to do some sort of like mauve or dusty rose kind of I do want to put in some pink but Mm. right Emily you excited but it's gonna be more like clayish pink Mm -hmm. and more antique dusty yeah more dusty so that's my thought and then I don't I don't know if I'm gonna pair that with like a sage or other colors I don't know yet (laughs) I don't know yet We'll have to keep you guys posted. I'll share a picture of Jude's room right now because I don't have anything to show. But the blue wall, when you guys see it, the blue wall is what I'm thinking of doing wallpaper because the other two walls... So two of the walls are just drywall. And then the other two walls are wood paneling that we painted over. And I'm not going to take those out. So I can't wallpaper paneling. No. So... I think I might wallpaper the other two walls and then paint the other two. But I know, like, accent walls, some people say they're not trendy anymore. And they're like... But if you like it... Yeah. And I feel like they're always going to be around. Yeah. I hope so. Because I really like them. I do like them. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking is wallpaper and then painting, like, this dusty rose mauve as the other two walls. Mm. And my pegboard in there, Mm -hmm. I was thinking of painting that the co- the wall color too. Ooh, I that'd be that cool. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, those are my thoughts. We're keeping most of the same furniture in there because it just works in that room. Right. So, yeah. And who wants to buy a whole other crib and dresser yeah. and yada yada like The crib I have is a two-tone. It's like a chestnut brown with a natural color, which I do like, but I think a girl I would have liked all natural or all white or something like lighter but you work with what you got so it'll look great <laughs> yeah <laughs> well thanks let's hope <laughs> so that is the one big high the second high is I'm finally feeling better yeah. <laughs> my energy is starting to kick back up and I'm starting to do things again because I've been way more sick this time than I was with Jude which makes sense because of hormones and with a girl but I'm such a productivity driven person that it was like really getting me down that I wasn't like doing stuff (laughs) on top of the fact that I wasn't feeling well. So now that I'm feeling well, I'm just, and I'm probably, I don't know, when does nesting start? Although as soon as you're pregnant. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I thought like the actual nesting happens not too long before. Third trimester maybe? Yeah, in the third trimester because it's like your body's way of preparing for yeah, labor. And that's what recovery. I thought too. I mean, honestly, I'm like always nesting. <laughs> that's my personality. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> but those are my two highs this week. Nice. Not even a low. I love it. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Emily? 
my high and low is my kitchen backsplash. The low part of it, I'll start with that. So as I talked to you guys before, once over Marco Polo, I bought a kitchen backsplash from Ikea, actually. It matches the faux marble countertop that I have. And it's just like a big flat slab. And I thought it was like a sticker that you would like basically stick on the wall. So I had all these elaborate plans for how I was going to attach it to plywood and have it attached to the wall and stand out and like cover the edges so it looked like an actual slab mm-hmm. of marble. Well, that wasn't going to work because of all of the outlets in the way and the window trim and the, the actual backsplash itself was actually a thick board. Oh, wow. With the design on um, the front of it. So it already would stand out from the wall a little bit. Yeah. It wouldn't look like super realistic, but it was okay. It would give me that look that I yeah. wanted of instead of just the blank wall or my really disastrous peel and stick tile job, <laughs> it would like have a nice clean modern sort of look. Yeah. So I bought these off of Ikea. They arrived, like, two days later. It was insane. From Ikea? Yeah. That's actually... Crazy. Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) And I accidentally ordered double because, yeah, whole thing. But I was like, well, we have plenty, so it'll be great. So I had told my husband, Brian, that I wanted to have it up before my photo shoot, my branding photo shoot, which is going to be in the kitchen. Two weeks went by and nothing happened. With the backsplash. And so we did the photo shoot and everything. And so then I was not happy about it. (laughs) Every weekend I would be like, so when are you going to do the backsplash? So when are you going to do the backsplash? And wouldn't this be a great weekend to do the backsplash? And there was always something else that he wanted to do. So I think three more weeks of that probably like went by. Or at least two. So I had complained to you guys about it. (laughs) About my backsplash woes. And we were like, what are we going to do to, like, motivate Brian to do the backsplash? (laughs) (laughs) So then, on Kimmy's suggestion, I said, I'm going to see if Ryan can install You did say that? (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) So, and I, well, initially I was thinking seriously about it. Like, I bet Ryan is probably the only person I know that I would trust to do a backsplash like that. I have to tell him you said that. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think he would actually do a really good job. Because it does take precision. You Mm -hmm. have to cut out around all the window trim and around the outlets and all Mm -hmm. of that stuff. So I thought Ryan would be a person I would actually trust to do it. But he's way too busy Mm -hmm. to actually do it. But I did tell Ryan that I had asked Kimmy and Ryan to do it. This was like on the, you know, third or fourth weekend of him not getting around to it. So I told him that. And... So the low was that then he was really mad. (laughs) And we didn't talk like the rest of the (laughs) evening at all. And he like wouldn't talk at all. And then the next day I was like, so last night you were really upset about something. What's going on? (laughs) And he was like, well, it just really hurt my pride that you would ask Ryan to do it. Because I did the rest of the kitchen but I understand why you would, because I haven't gotten around to doing it yet. So, Aww. yeah, so then we talked about it, and he just has been really dreading doing it, so yeah. he's been procrastinating. Then, of course, Ryan couldn't actually do it, so I just <laughs> casually let that slip then, like, the next weekend. Like, oh, by the way, Ryan's too busy and he can't do it. So then Brian did it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so... 
We've got most of the backsplash up. There's one wall left, the one that we had the peel and stick tile on. Because the peel and stick tile, it's supposed to be so easily removable uh -huh. and like renter friendly, etc. Like completely Ugh. destroyed the drywall underneath. Shoot. Which I was like, well, we're just going to put up another backsplash right. over it. It's fine. But Brian's like, no, we need to resurface the drywall and <laughs> do it all correctly. So he had to resurface the drywall. So we haven't put that up yet. But I think he's going to this weekend. And I think once he got into it, he realized pretty quickly it wasn't actually was, as bad as he thought. I was going to ask you about that. Like, how yeah. did he feel when he was doing it? Was it dreadful or was it like, this it, isn't that bad? It wasn't that bad. I mean, it went by really fast. It probably took yeah. him one afternoon to get most of it done. And then like a little bit the next day, um, like wow. one Saturday afternoon and a little bit on Sunday. So it really wasn't that bad. It's funny how we all do that, though, to think. Yeah. You Starting know? is the hardest part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you should come to us for marriage advice. <laughs> <laughs> but but that is my high and low for getting the getting the backsplash up. <laughs> well, I have to say that the side you did looks phenomenal. I love that style, too, that everyone's been doing. Like, it looks like a continuous slab that's on the back and runs down into the countertop. Like, it just looks so good. So I think you guys good. did a good job, and it was yeah. worth the wait. Yeah. <laughs> So now let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about kids' stuff and home decor. Today's topic was suggested to us by a listener about kids' stuff and home decor. How can you blend the two together without having one overrule the other? So we've come up with five different points in how you can corral the things and still make it look pretty. And the first point we want to talk about is setting the intention of the space. So is it for your kids? Is it kid free? Or is it a blend of both? I think that is really important to set in the beginning because you, when you know what your, your goal is, then it's easier to get there. Mm -hmm. If you don't really know what you're trying to do in the space, then it can, you know, not work. <laughs> right. And I think you can remove a lot of frustration too. So if you know your bedroom is going to be relatively kid-free, then you're not going to have, a, you know, toys underfoot in there a lot because you're going to make sure the toy storage is not in there mm -hmm. and it's elsewhere. Zones that are designated for the kids, like a playroom or family room or even your living room and their bedroom knowing that there are certain places it's okay to have toys and then there's other places where you really don't want them underfoot for me it's my kitchen like I cannot I oh, really yeah. don't like having toys in there or like having the kids play in there when I'm working in there that's like a kid-free toy-free zone when I'm in there working. That's so funny because when Jude, it was before he was like really crawling. I had him in there a lot and I had a cabinet with toys that he would just sit in front of while I was doing dishes or something. So yeah. I actually liked that at that time. Now I do not have toys in there because I yeah. do same reason now that he's walking and all this stuff. I think also you want to know how you live and how your kids live mm -hmm. because I initially thought that Jude would maybe play more in his bedroom and he actually never does. Like the only thing we do in there is read mm -hmm. for the most part. 
maybe be willing to adjust because if you figure like where you're going to keep the toys and then you realize that they're always playing in this one area instead of this other room, yeah. maybe make that area then where the right. toys are. Yeah. The same thing with the bedrooms. Like my one and a half year old doesn't play in that room. That would be a disaster. Like that wouldn't go well. <laughs> but my three year old has quiet time in his room once a day. And before I didn't really have any toys in his room because he would always play in the living room, like when I was around and stuff, or I would be playing with him. Now that he's gotten older, he has like more books. He did have Legos. That was a mistake too, because just pieces end up everywhere and in the shag <laughs> carpet. And then you're trying to find these little wheels. It, that was a bad idea. So we have bigger, chunkier toys <laughs> in his room, but it's only like a limited amount more reading things that are easier to pick up and right. yeah. more sustainable for so quiet time. It, it sounds like, you know, like I said, in the kitchen initially, when Jude was like six months old, I had him in there. Mm-hmm. But like you're saying, initially you didn't have toys in there, and now mm-hmm. you do, now mm-hmm. that he's a three-and-a-half-year-old. So, like, you also want to be willing to adjust to their age. Right. Be willing to move things around. And, and avoid the friction of, like, if they don't naturally want to play in their room, then don't store all the toys in there. Have them in the place where they actually like exactly. to play. Mm-hmm. Create zones. That's point number two. Do your kids love dressing up and pretend play? Do they like being more creative and having messy play with Play-Doh and paints? Or is there more quiet play? So that would be your books or your stuffed animals or your blocks and stuff like that. Create zones for each of these things so you don't have Play-Doh Mixed with your fuzzy animals. That's not going to work. Yeah. yeah. Or you don't have Play-Doh in your living room on your nice area rug. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So there's a designated zone. Like, this is where we can do the paint, finger paints, or, you know, the messy stuff. Even, like, sensory boxes yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That can get really messy. So having a designated place where that can happen, I think, is really helpful. And also... A designated like quiet play space like you were saying in the bedroom where he has mm-hmm. Evan has toys that he can play with by himself quietly I mm-hmm. think that's really good instead of you wouldn't want toys in the bedroom that are going to be loud and right like a trampoline you don't want that probably in the bedroom mm-hmm. you want that to be a nice cozy relaxing nice quiet play area yeah and for messy play i found i want to be in control of that i don't want my three-year-old in control or being Mm -hmm. able to have access of play-doh 24 7 so i have those type of things up and tucked away and then when you ask for them sure honey let's set you up to the table and we can have that time now but especially those messy things i don't want them being easily accessible right right it's a little bit harder for me now because edison's six yeah and so he could use that stuff on Uh his own fine but Bennett is three (laughs) and so he loves to get the scissors and he's really good at cutting and so he likes Bennett is Mm -hmm. yep and so he likes to chop up pieces of paper into Mm -hmm. tiny pieces and and such which we haven't had any like big accidents or problems yet so that's good but we do keep it in the dining room which is a pretty open area where we're going through there all the time. So it's not like he can take stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, sneak off somewhere and <laughs> paint on the walls. So yeah. it kind of works. From an aesthetic point of view, when you create these zones, you can actually make like a cute little craft corner mm-hmm. and like have a little easel and a little table and like make it 
look intentionally like a cute little thing. So you can do it, like, including home decor mm-hmm. that's, like, little kid home decor, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Speaking yeah. of that, I have some built-in bookcases in our living room, and I actually have an old tobacco basket, which is, like, a wider, shallow basket, and I keep construction paper in there and, like, a little thing of crayons and markers and coloring books, and my one-and-a-half-year-old can't reach it, but my three-year-old can, and we have a little Mm. desk and chairs down there so he can climb up and grab that stuff and bring it down, but because it's lower profile, it still looks like part of your decor, but you don't see like the colorful paper and the markers and stuff because it's still down low enough where you can't see it. Hmm. Yeah. So I like blending in home decor and kids stuff that they can still access and it still looks pretty, but it's still functional. Like that is my ultimate goal yes. Yes. is to have things functional and pretty at the same time. It's actually so fun <laughs> to yeah. figure it out. Like I feel like I'm problem solving. And when I finally figure out the solution where it looks beautiful and is functional, it's like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like your toy kitchen setup is a perfect example of that. Because mm-hmm. unlike a lot of toy kitchens that are out there, your toy kitchen feels like an extension of your actual kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It well, blends thank in you. so well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did intentionally make it look like our kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so number three, I will take this one. Declutter and give every toy a home. Mm -hmm. It's really key if you want to keep toys from taking over. There's going to be a constant flow of toys into your home because there's birthdays and there's Christmas and there's other holidays. And so toys are always going to be coming in. So if some are not leaving, then there's going to be a space issue. Your space in your home is limited. Mm -hmm. And everything needs to have a home and a designated place where it belongs. Because kids have a really high sense of order. And they can know, like, this particular basket is where the construction paper goes. And on this particular shelf is where the Play-Doh goes. And they can learn to put things back where they go and where to find them again. It doesn't just help them with cleaning up, but it really helps them with their play, too. Because they're not overwhelmed by too many options or not able to find things they Mm -hmm. know right where everything is and so that doesn't hinder them in their deep creative play yeah i just moved we have a basket one of those rope bin things from target and it has all of jude's matchbox cards and i had them in the hutch but then i moved them because he kept playing he would go to the hutch grab them, bring them into the living room, and then play on the window set, like the mm-hmm. big bay window. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put them in here in the living room because he keeps playing with them in here. But then when I moved them, he kept oh, running no. to the other room looking for me. I'm like, no, they're in here, honey. <laughs> he finally got it, but it took like a good like two weeks for him oh. to remember that they were in there. So they really do have a sense of knowing exactly where things are when you keep it orderly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the key to keeping it orderly is to keep it pared down Mm -hmm. to an amount that you can manage. We were talking a little bit earlier that there's studies have shown repeatedly that fewer toys are better for kids when they have fewer options available. It actually increases their focus, their attention span, their creativity. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a study on this not too long ago with a bunch of toddlers Uh, where they gave one set of toddlers four toys to play with, and they gave one set of toddlers each 16 toys to play with, and then they observed the toddlers in both sets. 
and they determined that the toddlers who only had four toys played much longer and they had better play and they were more creative and imaginative with their playing Mm -hmm. than the toddlers that had 16. Mm -hmm. And similarly, they've done studies in kindergarten classrooms where they take all the toys away and see what happens. And pretty soon the kids start developing their own games using whatever they have around in the classroom or outside. Mm -hmm. And they just create their own imaginative world and they become totally immersed in it. So, less is really better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just went through and did a toy purge. I always tell my husband, I feel a purge coming on. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, the toys get out of control. And I've just been trying to really pare it down and be like, okay, what are they really playing with? Okay, they play with the cars all day long. They play with the space shuttle all day long. And the train tracks. He's not playing with the Legos. And I'm tired of picking up Legos. So maybe we'll hold off on the Legos until he's older and can pick them up a little bit easier and I don't step on them anymore. Well, and that reminds me too, because it sounds like you didn't get rid of them. It's not like... So, I mean, one really good way to do this if you have a lot of toys, and some of them you may not want to part with for whatever reason, you do a toy rotation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Emily, you have talked about this before, but... You can put them in a bin. You say an opaque bin. I do a clear because... Well, Jude's my... not old enough to see the bin and yeah. wants stuff out of it But yet. you could also do the toy rotation while they're sleeping, like napping, so then they don't see, and then I bring it right. down to the basement, and I never see. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, right now, the way I'm doing my toy rotation is in the hutch that I got from Bree... I use the top shelf as all the toys, and we just don't open those doors. Mm-hmm. And those are the toys, because I don't have a ton of toys yet. I mean, we're starting to get there, but I only have one kid compared to you with the <laughs> two kids. So but also, like, you have different stages of toys. You have yes. more baby toys, so then those can go up into the attic or into right. the basement. And trying to keep on top of that will also help keep that down. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, with... My kids, they have a lot of stuffed animals, and we've we've also had a lot of books and a lot of fire trucks. So (laughs) my toy rotation has mostly consisted of those three categories. Mm -hmm. So like half of the stuffed animals are pretty much always in the rotate bin, and a lot of books and a few other toys too. So then once a month or whenever I remember, (laughs) then we bring that out and just swap them for whatever they've had out in their room. And so that's really fun because then it's like all new toys again. And so. Well, we had some friends over who had some older kids. And one of the older kids opened the top thing and started bringing some of the toys down. And I was like, okay, whatever. Well, then Jude was obsessed with the toys that were had been up there. And I was like, you've never played with this before. But it was all new to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it works. Kimmy, you should talk about number four. All right. So this one I love. <laughs> number four is contain and conceal. You know, I'm the concealment queen. <laughs> This is like the problem solving, like mm-hmm. figuring out how to hide things <laughs> so you don't even know when you walk into my living room that I have an entire cabinet full of toys. <laughs> so you can do this in a lot of ways. You can use pretty baskets like Bree was just talking about with her tobacco basket mm-hmm. or bins. 
Um, you could use drawers and cabinets like I just mentioned. I know, Emily, you have your Ikea. Yeah, my Ikea hack dresser. Mm-hmm. It's like a TV console, which is made up of three Ikea dressers together. And that's the primary toy storage in there. That's great. And then shelves, you can do the whole, like the Montessori style. And what I like to do is I do have, um, when you first walk into my house, I created this, one of those Ikea Calyx, Calyx. Yeah, the Calyx. Yeah, Calyx. It's the cube storage. It's the long one that's skinny. And so we turned it on the side and then we put little feet on it and to make it look like a bench so people could actually, when they walk in, they're taking their shoes off, they sit at it, take their shoes off, whatever. But on the other side, oh, and Ryan put a back to it. So it's like, because it was just open both ways. But he put it back to it, so then when you go and walk around it on the other side in Jude's little play corner, it's the Montessori style, like, open shelving for, like, each cube is a one toy. And I always put out the pretty wooden toys. <laughs> I don't put out any of the colorful toys. <laughs> if colors are your thing, then you can do that. But just do pretty ones. Don't do, like... Toys that you don't like the look of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just been really fun trying to figure that out. And even in the hutch, I mean, that was a godsend. <laughs> I know. I love my new hutch that replaced that hutch that, yeah. that you got. I have been able to fit so much into that. And it's got like four different shelves on it that are really, really deep. So I actually do somewhat of a toy rotation up there because they can't reach up high. Yeah. And so like certain games that we love playing, but I don't want them like smushing the box can go on those upper shelves. And I have like some photo books in there too. And it's been so, so nice. Mm-hmm. Another way that I just thought of that you can conceal in a sense I haven't done this yet, but it's something I want to do. So again, when you walk into my house, you see this Jude's play corner, which I feel like you girls could tell me, but I feel like it doesn't look overly like, oh, that's a kid's play corner because you see the hutch and then I have the granny chair (laughs) and then you see this bench thing, but you don't realize that it's toys until you go on to the other side. Well, what I want to do, because that, the where the granny chair is, behind the granny chair, it opens up into the big studio that I have that I've turned into more of a playroom. And what I want to do is I want to get one of those bookcases that are, like, the one you got from, Emily, you got it from Silks and Treasures, the, a consignment oh, store. Oh, yeah. What do you call them? They're, like, displays, book displays, so you see the the faces of the books. Mm -hmm. And I actually will talk about this a little bit later in my pillow talk. But a lot of times, like, same with books, like you mentioned, like, you don't want to have an overwhelming amount of books because then kids don't know what to pick. Mm -hmm. So those kinds of things are really good for kids because they only see so many. And I want to have, like, seasonal ones. So, like, right now would be all springtime and, like, Easter books or something like that. But I want to have it facing, because books are colorful. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to have it, the back of it, against the granny chair, so it's facing Mm -hmm. the studio. When you walk in, you don't even see it. But then Jude Mm -hmm. will have access to it. So that is an idea. I think I'm going to try that. I've been trying to figure out a solution for in my dining room, because I have that record table mm-hmm. the table that holds my record player and then in one half it had two accordion doors and then one half are the art supplies and then the other half has a shelf and that's where the kids keep their cars and trucks and so it was really nice when there was a door there because <laughs> then you yeah. could just shut it 
But now it's all of these Paw Patrol vehicles and fire oh, trucks in there. Yeah, it is not well, very can a, pretty. A bin or basket fit in? I'm it? thinking I need to just measure it and get a basket that will fit in there yeah. perfectly. And then they'll have to pull the whole basket out when they take out their cars, but that's, that's okay. not a bad thing because no. then <laughs> it'll be easier to pick up because we can carry the basket around and throw right. it trucks in there so i think that's what i need to do like a nice water hyacinth basket that's has right. straight sides so brian will think i'm crazy for buying more baskets but <laughs> <laughs> do you guys ever remember the song that young house love did sherry did because she had so many baskets in her attic that oh, she created of. that song baskets in the attic there were baskets <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I need to find that now. That was so funny. (laughs) But baskets are great. I use baskets, the same rope style that you have with the faux leather handle. Mm -hmm. I have a little console table in the back of my love seat, and I have the books in those. So I have four different baskets in the back of the bookcase. That is my console table to conceal the books, but it still looks pretty and neat. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I'm glad you brought that up because that was something I wanted to bring up is... A really good place to keep toys, depending on how your layout is of your living room. I feel like most living rooms could do this, is you could bring a love seat out or something away from the wall. So it's away from the wall and not up because we know how we don't uh-huh. like all the furniture uh-huh. up against the wall. Bring it away and then it can create this little nook behind it where you can hide stuff. And you can have a little play thing there, too. Mm -hmm. And you have that, Brie. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you walk in from your dining room into your living room, you don't see what's behind. You don't see anything. Yeah. Besides the trampoline handle. (laughs) (laughs) That actually brings up another thing that I was going to say. So we have, I think, the same trampoline. It's blue with the red. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or maybe blue handle. I don't know. It's blue and red. (laughs) Yeah. It's rather large. And that and I have a ball pit that my in-laws lovingly gave me. But, of course, it's colorful because there's, like, over, like, it's almost like 500 balls, I think. Oh, my goodness. The balls. It's huge. And then he's got another thing that was given to us, a big motorcycle. Like, it's, like, light up and makes noises, but it's very colorful. So those three large colorful things... (laughs) I keep in, we have this hallway from where the nursery is, where Jude's nursery is, and then you walk down a hallway, and then it's going to be his toddler room. That hallway we just have been using as a closet because we don't use the toddler room right now. And so I've just been keeping all of that in there, and it's actually been great because it's just like the toy rotation. I bring them out when I know that he's kind of like bored of things and we just need something we need something fresh and new and so I'll bring it out and I'll keep it out for like a day or two and then I'll put it back and it will stay back there for another couple weeks and then I'll bring it out and it's just like sometimes it comes in the like perfect moment Mm -hmm. when I just need (laughs) you know so if you have large colorful things if you have a closet or I might I'm probably now that we're going to need to use the hallway I'm going to just bring it down to the basement I know not everyone has that option but if it's easily accessible if you can just store it away and then bring it back out once in a while so it's not like hanging out colorful in your house. <laughs> well, I have mine strategically positioned behind my chair so you really yeah. can't see it when That's you good. walk in. <laughs> Kimmy's like, yes. <laughs> but also, not everything has to be concealed. Everybody's right. house is different. Your square footage is different. The size of your rooms are different. So find what 
works best for you and your family. Just find, be creative in the solutions. It doesn't always have to look pretty, although if you can blend the two together, that's always fun. So number five is to create cleanup routines. This is huge. Right. If you don't want the toys taking over, then they've got to be put away. <laughs> Every so. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like waking up to a disaster zone. Mm-hmm. Same thing it with like my fun. sink full of dishes. Like It's just starting your day off on the wrong foot and you yep. need the frying pan. It's at the bottom of everything and it still is the bacon grease from the day before. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, ugh, when yeah. you just have to start Except your day. Except when you're going through morning sickness and you can't do the dishes. <laughs> there are exceptions to <laughs> yeah, the rules. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I am totally with you. And Emily, I know that you do a reset in the mm-hmm. midday, which I think is a great idea too. And I've been trying to implement that before nap time that we just right. do a little quick cleanup. And then again, at the end of the night, right? Yeah. Right before nap time is kind of the perfect time mm-hmm. to do it. Like sometime when there's a natural break where it's snack time or it's lunch time or nap time, something like that, where you can just insert it's cleanup time. And that way it helps at least cause you don't have to be, monitoring them every time they're getting out a new toy and making sure they're putting back what they were playing with before and you can allow for some more freedom and Mm -hmm. mixing things together and more chaos and room for their imagination but you're also making sure it doesn't get too out of control by doing that and we don't always do a midday clean for sure but at least like before bed everything's gotta be like put away and this takes it takes dedication. It does I mean, on it, your part. You have mm-hmm. the kids aren't gonna do it on themselves. Like mm-hmm. a lot of kids will, they like cleaning up when you're doing it with them, mm-hmm. and you, but they're just not gonna naturally right <laughs> do it. Yeah, we like to make up cleaning games. Yeah. So one we really like is using a flashlight and having it be fairly dark in the room. This works well before bed, too. And then I'll just shine the flashlight on different toys that I are out, that. and then they have to get that it and put genius. it away. <laughs> That's a great idea. They really like that one. Well, and you're teaching them something, too. Like, mm-hmm. there have been times, we've been guilty of it, that we put you down and then we clean everything up. Because mm-hmm. sure. yeah, you just didn't have too. time. Like, it just got away from us. But it's really important to also instill that into your kids to want order and to clean and help. Right, because they're taking care of their belongings, mm-hmm. and that teaches them that responsibility. And speaking of that, even when toys break, not like throwing it away, although sometimes there there are occasions when you have to do that, but even with my little three-year-old, I said, oh, it's broken. Okay, go put it in the trash. And they're like, okay. So I'm trying to instill in these things, like, it's okay to play with your toys, but not getting so attached where, like, if they break and it's held together by duct tape, that's maybe not the best thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, so being like, okay, it served its purpose, and now let's move on and play with other things, too. So that's mm-hmm. one thing I've been working, and he's been picking it up really good. Just yeah. being like, okay, we're done on this now. Yeah. And I have him throw it away instead of me. Hmm. So he has like the disattachment or whatever you call yeah. it. Closure. <laughs> the closure. The closure. The closure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. We also love to do the cleanup song from mm-hmm. Barney. Mm-hmm. The boys love don't that. sing it. I don't. Okay, I won't. <laughs> but I played it tonight actually because I'd been telling Bennett. I don't know how many times I told him earlier at different points in the day to pick up this car track that he had out, and. It just never happened. He'd go in there to start picking up and get distracted, and then I didn't follow up and make yeah. sure it got done. So we played the cleanup song at his request. He asked for the cleanup song, and then he just <laughs> got busy. He went to town and cleaned it all up. That's great. So, kids, we gotta give him more credit. 
Mm -hmm. They're smart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They are. And I'll say, too, the goal should be, at least my goal, is not to have a house that's always perfectly clean. Yes. And, like, looks perfectly tidy. Mm -hmm. But to have a house that is easily cleaned and easily tidied. Mm -hmm. In 15 minutes, I can probably have the whole house cleaned up and picked up at any given point. Not always, but that's kind of the goal. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. Especially, like I said, there's no motivation like having company over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My husband and I will be just like... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So, again, I've talked about this in the last episode. I'm not a clean person. <laughs> I'm a clean person on the surface. If you look at my house, you think it's clean. But I haven't dusted and mopped in months. So, <laughs> so I'm not really actually clean. <laughs> but I'm very tidy. Very yeah, tidy. You're more yeah. of a tidier than a cleaner. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that I need to embrace this more. Especially, like, when I went through the morning sickness with a toddler. Mm-hmm. Because when I went through the morning sickness without any kids, there was no mess to really clean up because I didn't make a mess. And Ryan, you know, like, mm-hmm. we cleaned up after ourselves. But now, you know, when you There's have more. multiples, mm-hmm. it's, yep. you got to embrace that it's not always going to be tidy. Preparing so, your heart. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing that really helped me is learning the difference between mess and clutter. Because I would kind of thought as a minimalist that I would get to this point someday where I no longer needed to be picking up and cleaning all the time. And so I felt like I must be doing something wrong because there's still, it still feels like there's toys everywhere, you know, any particular day. And my house still gets messy. But there's a difference between mess and clutter. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. clutter are items that have no permanent home. Right. They're not serving you. And mess is just a sign of life. Mm -hmm. That you're actually living there and you're using things and that creates a mess. You're walking through with dirty shoes and, you know, the kids are playing, decide to dump out the soap in the sink and, you know, make a huge bubble bath for their cars. Mm -hmm. Like, mess just happens and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So, on one extreme, you don't have to be, like, just totally embrace mess and clutter and just be, you know, kind of that hot mess mom stereotype where everything's a mess always and it's just the way it is. Like, you can embrace the mess and also know that it is different from clutter. Mm-hmm. And if you have your clutter under control, you can easily tackle the mess, too. Right. But you don't have to be afraid of things getting messy. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this before we recorded the podcast, but how sometimes how you can grow up can affect how you do things in the future and how you do things now. So, like, if you didn't grow up with a lot, well, then having a lot might mean a lot to you, but that pendulum seems to swing to one end or the other. And just trying to find that healthy balance is really, really helpful for you (laughs) and the others around you. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to sometimes find that balance, but it doesn't have to be hot mess express. And it doesn't have to be my house looks like a magazine all the time. There is a good in between. Mm -hmm. And so you give yourself grace for those periods. Like, especially like, like you said, Kimmy, when you had morning sickness, it's not reality to have Mm -hmm. a perfectly clean house all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, last week when you guys came over, it was a disaster, and I was so mortified. I was like, but these girls love me. They'll look past it. But I was mortified. There was just, like, stuff everywhere. I was like, this is not me. Like, this isn't me. And you know what? I was like, oh, this is refreshing for kidney. <laughs> I actually thought it was really, really good. I was glad. I was glad to see it, actually. Yeah. I didn't even 
really notice it that much other than I thought, like, oh, looks like they've been playing a lot and having fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looks like they've exactly. been having a good day. <laughs> uh, that's what it normally looks like an hour before you get there or half an hour before. <laughs> maybe ten minutes before you get there. And I do, like you said, comfy comes over mm-hmm. and you just do the, the blitz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but having that balance is so important. Mm-hmm. And it's good. Mm-hmm. And your friends don't mind if there's a mess because I guarantee you their house looks the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, should we take a little break? And then when we come back, we'll give a little update on how our domestic dare is going. It is time to give the update of the domestic dares. I have to say, Emily, I cleaned another light fixture today. So it's feeling pretty good. My light (laughs) fixtures that I referenced earlier, I'm like, hey, I don't have to clean them because they're brand new. (laughs) (laughs) But window cleaning, not going great. Hmm. Haven't started on that. I keep procrastinating on that. Organization-wise, I'm doing pretty good. So I've solved a couple pain points in my kitchen which was part of the domestic dare. One of those was I always had my laundry, like my dish towel and stuff. I would just fling it on the floor. I found a solution. Oh. So I bought the Home Edits Clear Acrylic Organizing Systems. They have like a whole bunch of them. They're very affordable and made very, very well. Like the plastic, have it's you noticed? It's really thick. It's thick. It's not flimsy. It's sturdy. So I have a big one underneath my sink and it holds all my dish towels and like onesies that get dirty from food and I have a place to put it now. Nice. And I yeah. love it. Okay, but this is my question. Why wouldn't you just get like a cheap bucket and then use that pretty thing somewhere else? Because I want it all to match because part of the other system is on the other side underneath okay. the sink holding all my products. I have the can organizer oh, and I okay. use the can organizer for like my extra soaps and that kind of thing. Okay. And cool. And it all matching. You mean like the, the stair steppy yep. thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can picture it. I can't. I need to see a picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the pantry edit box comes with a few different sizes of bins and then it also comes with a thing that's like a little risers. Okay. And it's clear, so you can set jars on it. It's actually nice and wide. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're, like, really narrow, and you can only fit little spice jars on them, but these are pretty wide, so you can fit bottles or cans on it. So okay. then, just looking straight at it, it's easier to see what's behind. Right. Because it's up use- higher. That's yeah. cool. I have all my soaps in bulk. Like, my dish soap and yeah, my hand soap. Yeah, it wouldn't work for that, but okay. I just had some smaller things, like my plant food and my watering can and my dishwasher pods and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so I can easily still grab it out and I'm not like (laughs) tipping over a whole row as I'm trying to access the stuff in the back that's cool you did your spices though too right I did for my birthday I got new spice jars and new spice labels I'll add links because they're that cute (laughs) (laughs) I love it I have a acrylic turntable in there and it all matches and it's all Mm. beautiful and the whole like decanting your spices thing was actually like really therapeutic and fun it is Mm -hmm. really fun and to put all the labels on and make it look pretty it was like so satisfying and now when I open it up and spin it around just like this makes me so happy (laughs) yay (laughs) do you know that I realized the other day it was at Aldi and I if you buy their organic spices, I think it's the same jar. It is because I've swapped some of the lids. Because some of the lids, I didn't need like the double-sided pour and then tap, tap, tap whole mm-hmm. thing. 
I needed like a more a big shaker, mm-hmm. and I was able to repurpose them. This so, is yeah. so funny because in the video that comes out tomorrow on my YouTube channel, I organized my spices, and I discovered the same thing. Oh, that's <laughs> that funny. the the organic spices from Aldi. I'd been trying to just buy spices that came in glass jars, yeah, so that they would at least all be the same size. Because it's so annoying when you have some spice uh-huh. things that are round right. and some that are like more rectangular, and you have all these different sizes. It's just a mess. So I'd been trying to buy those glass ones, and so I did like a budget spice organization a long time ago, probably over a year ago. Well, I got rid of any spices that were expired, which was a lot. And then I reused any glass jars for other spices that were in the plastic. So I pretty much just had all these organic glass jars (laughs) in the drawer. And then I bought, for this domestic dare... I bought glass jars from Amazon and discovered they were pretty much exactly the same. Did you get the ones that Brie has? I don't think so, because the ones that I got came with some labels, like a lot of labels, and I actually really liked them. See, mine came with labels. I think they're different, but I did yeah. not like the labels, and I wanted a specific label, uh-huh. and so I ordered those. Yeah, which I didn't even realize before this, you can order spice labels from oh, yeah. Amazon. And Etsy. If you want a different style. Mm -hmm. But both of yours, you'd say, look, because I'm going to be investing in one of these. And both of yours, you'd say, look like the Aldi organic, because I have a lot of Aldi organic spices. I did run into a few problems with some of the glass jars where some of my Aldi's ones, because I wanted to have the special top on Mm -hmm. that I could, that had the, you know, the spoon opening and then the shaker side. And they didn't fit on to those and so I had to end up moving those into the glass jar. Brie showed yeah. us a picture of hers. Yeah, those look <laughs> like exactly like the Aldi's ones. I also didn't want the plastic lids on mine. I wanted them to be metal. See, I was opposite because I've had <laughs> issues with the metal rusting. tops rusting and yeah. I did not want to do that and I wanted the pour and the shake. Yeah. The ones I got have, it's like a metal top and underneath it is a plastic insert that has the pour and the I shake. Have, I'm just like laughing. It's just like, I just love how nerdy we're being. <laughs> Spice jars. Yes. Like, I didn't want metal, but I didn't want plastic. Well, that's why there's both. So now yeah. they can have their own. Oh, yeah. it's so funny. So what are you going to do, Can you? Yeah. Either plastic or metal? Shaker. Well, see, I want to do what matches the Aldi organic black tops because mm-hmm. I have so many of those already. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was right. thinking of doing. And then you can remove the labels mm-hmm. from the jars. and. Yeah, I've done that because I used to have Jude play with it and then he started throwing. So I'm not going to have him throw glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. yeah, so I started my pantry project. It's mostly done. My long-standing issue with the pantry is that it's not it's not a, one consolidated section that makes sense for food. And so I had the idea of trying to move everything to the peninsula mm-hmm. and having that just be food mm-hmm. and then move all the dishes and like small appliances I had over there to the other side. A spoiler for the video, I did that and it did not work. <laughs> Because the drawers were slightly different heights and slightly different depths. And it was just, yeah, it just did not work at all. Bummer. And it didn't really make all that much sense either because I used the Instapot on the peninsula because there's an outlet right there for it. So it didn't make sense to have it in the other corner. So I ended up having to put it all back (laughs) the other way. 
But I did make a few adjustments that helped a lot because I, well, with Brian's help, we adjusted the height of the mm. the turntable okay. Lazy Susan pull-out things that are in the corner cabinets. So that helped a lot, and I was just able to decant stuff and declutter some stuff and move all the baking stuff to the peninsula because I don't use it all that often. There you go. So underneath, the lowest drawer has all the baking pots and pans, like cake pans and all of that kind of stuff. And then right above it is all the baking stuff. And then in oh, the cool. little hidden drawer that's right above that is all the decorating stuff. Oh, so perfect. the sprinkles and frosting and all well, that Well, that's something stuff. you really love doing is right. making cakes. Yeah. That's cool. And that drawer was a whole huge mess. It was... It was utter chaos. So it looks so much better. You yeah. had utter chaos. It was really drawer? bad. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a great improvement. I'm pretty happy with how it is now. Good. That's a good tip though. Pair like with like, and if mm-hmm. you know you're gonna use something over here, why are you walking all the way over here? Like right. I had this problem where I have to walk all the way across my kitchen to like find a sharpie marker when I wanted to write on my Ziploc mm. bag, and I'm like, why don't I just keep a sharpie? In with my Ziploc bags. Oh. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Speaking of, that's one area I need to make look better. The Ziploc bags. Do you want to get those inserts? I do. We're talking about the wood insert things, right? They're so pretty. (laughs) They're for different sizes of plastic bags, and you just decant your plastic bags into it. And your cling wrap and your foil. And and it has, like, the cutter in it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. It was, like, $45. (laughs) <laughs> do they only come from the container store? No, they are, they have Amazon things okay. on Amazon. Amazon has ones. I okay. think they are more cardboard that's made to look like wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, One day I'll get it. Yeah. I'm slowly just upgrading my kitchen. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. <laughs> this is another thing that we talked about with the toy storage. Like, you need to live in your kitchen for a little bit and know how you're using yes. it. Because I remember when I first moved in... It didn't make sense at first. And then I had to change it around to figure out how I use. So if you just moved into a kitchen, wait a little bit before uh-huh. you, like, start buying all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know where it, like, makes sense. Yeah. You know? And where stuff will fit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Kimmy, how's your pantry coming? Oh, <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> haven't done anything. Kimmy's like, when are you coming over? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when are you guys coming over? <laughs> Hopefully before too long. Yeah, we so we'll share at, at the end of probably, you know, on our last episode or something. Yeah, we'll have a final <laughs> update. No, I'm actually really itching to get it done. Like, now that I'm getting energy back, I'm like, I want to do this. I've been wanting to do this for a year now, so it'll be fun. It'll be really fun. <laughs> All right, so this week I have the pillow talk, and I kind of related it to the toy storage topic. I wanted to share about the Ikea cabinet that my husband and I like hacked, (laughs) did a little hack and turned it into for all of Jude's books. So it's in his nursery and we took, it's just a white box with doors and it has nothing like it's just a box with. Do you know the name of the cabinet? Is it the, like the Billy bookcase? No. Okay. So think of one square box Mm -hmm. and then there's one shelf in the center Okay. And then there's two white doors. Okay. But there's no yes. there's no knobs on it. No, it didn't come with feet because you can buy it without. So there's no feet. What we did was we put little feet on, like little pegs that look like 
mid-century natural wood color. And then we put in two little black knobs on it and we made it look just a little bit more substantial than just this plain thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love it because when Jude was first born, he didn't really use it because can't do anything. <laughs> he couldn't really figure it out. Now he's really full on figuring it out. He opens yeah. it up and he can pick all his books. So the reason I love it is because I don't want to have a bookshelf where all the books are, you can see them. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't want that. So this way I can have all of the books in there and then there's doors and you shut the doors and I don't have to see them, but he can easily open them. He goes up every night before bed or before nap time. I say, okay, let's go pick out a book. And he opens them up and picks out a book. And the only problem with it is it, it fits a lot of books, so there can be, like, overwhelming in that mm-hmm. regard. So that's why I want to get the book display with the more, like, the seasonal books and the ones he's really loving lately. It's like that would right. hold that. But I think this is a really good hack and a really good, like, it's really, it was pretty cheap. So if you want to have a place to, like, hide your books, because <laughs> you don't find a lot of bookcases with doors. Right, with doors on them. Yeah. Yeah. So turning this cabinet into a bookshelf is a way to go if you want yeah. to do that. If it's the cabinet that I'm imagining, it's one that's really easy to customize. Yeah. Like you can do all kinds of different oh, DIY yeah. customizing stuff to Totally. It. Any type of yeah. knob or like handle or, mm-hmm. you know, you could have them on the top of the, the right. doors. Mm-hmm. You could have them in the middle. We have them in the middle on the like two ends. You could put pole wrap on the front and yes, you make it be like fluted wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with us today. We want to know what you thought of this episode and what you want us to talk about next. Find us on Instagram at Dwelling Place Pod. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Every single review is so appreciated and helps more people find us. Visit the show notes for the pictures and the links to all the things we talked about today. And we'll see you in two weeks right here at The Dwelling Place.